Growing up, I feel particularly drawn to people who connected with me, even if I wasn't perfect. This authenticity and realness, I know how much it translates into building those relationships with people that help them achieve what they want. And then you're trying to measure your real life against their highlight display they've shared on the internet. And then you feel inadequate. Overwhelmed about personally crafted posts, that sense of the inadequate mm -hmm. took the heavy toll on our self-worth and the confidence. Ultimately, what I specialize in is helping people create a long-term and sustainable change. There is no shortcut or the fast track uh, to the fitness, any areas, mm -hmm. but you still offer practical and durable solution to make a long-term outcome with sustainability. I had a knee surgery, didn't go well, ended up having nine more knee surgeries after that. I was 40 pounds overweight. I felt happy as a mom, as a professional, but I didn't feel happy in my body. I met a personal trainer there. He looked at me and he said, I see an athlete that year was a transformation for me, but it also I decided to become a coach I was in the fitness industry. Those strategies were created for professional athletes, bodybuilders, but to regular people, they needed basics, the perspective shift and started company fit me to coach people on the real life changes. How you actually gradually build up fitness values, the authenticity, mm -hmm. the connections, resonance, through your personal experience, your reflections and observations, making every approach or every strategy you applied as the very solid foundations back up. Coaching helps you change your daily routine. So in FitMe, we focus our coaching on helping people create confidence around nutrition, exercise, and body image. Picking small, simple, repeatable things. This kind of change lasts forever. It becomes different language around it. Less about punishment for your body and more about taking care of yourself. I never had to coach or anything, but all this year, I've been so stick to my daily routine. Those water, exercise. I did this by divorce. After hearing what you said, I go, oh, turns out there is like absolutely justifiable coaching strategies support me for what I'm yes. doing. Yes, didn't give them the happiness that they wanted because the body image piece wasn't addressed. Just because you lose weight, it's not going to fix your body image. Community helps the people when they're succeeding and struggling because they have these shared purpose and values and binds them together. Big shout out to your podcast to develop the new habit, catch it with your existing habits. Yeah, that's a, a James Clear strategy. The key to that is prioritizing inside of your week. This has to get done this week. Everything else is a bonus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Life Designer. It's such a huge honor today. I have Christy doing my podcast. Christy is a certified personal trainer, nutrition coach. Seeing so many women struggling on the diet to lose weight, she founded this company called the Fit Me in 2018 with an approach to provide women with practical and durable nutrition and exercise coaching. What led her to embark on this coaching journey in fitness and nutrition can trace back to her personal experience of undergoing 20 surgeries and 40 pounds of the weight gain. Her own transformation experience becomes her underlying drive to run the business with a mission. The famous value and culture are rooted in authenticity, connection, and resonance, creating a strong sense of the community connection for her clients. On top of that, she's also a author, podcaster, running the podcast Amy Coffee Talk. I'm a big fan of her podcast already. A mom of three kids, an active duty lady spouse. She currently lives with her family and three dogs in Washington State. Please don't assume she got some superpower or magical power or anything and feel intimidated. Because Christy, as a person and a coach, truly believes in making changes durable to make it sustainable. I'm connected to her on so many deep and personal levels. I can't wait to share her story with you. So now let's dive into the conversation. Wonderful. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much. To get started, I know the great and the perseverance and the authenticity are absolutely the key personality traits you possess. So if we turn the clock back to the early stage of your life, is that like you something just like your first later or you develop along the way? I think that's a great question about because now it's something I've identified as important as a coach. I want people to be able to achieve what their their goals are, but a lot of times people feel like they have to show off or 
be perfect or only have success for them to be successful with a coach. And I actually think it's kind of the opposite. And so connecting with people where they truly are and what their real needs are and their what's going on in their life that feels hard, having them not be perfect, that's where the real magic in coaching comes in. So now as in this stage, I identify that as something that for me is important so that I portray myself in this like authentic way that people can relate to. They can see that they can live a fit and healthy lifestyle, that they can have this. And they see that through me. They know I'm not perfect because I show it. So it's this authenticity and realness. I know how much it translates into building those relationships and connection with people that help them achieve what they want. But I don't know where it started. I feel maybe when I was growing up, I found confidence in sports, in interacting with people, but I never felt that... I guess to me, it was always a turnoff when I I felt like someone was putting on a show or feeling like they had to look a certain way or be a certain way. And so I always felt outside of that. I always felt much more, again, in sports, it sort of takes away some of those facades, right? Because in a game, it's sort of pure what you are and that's who it is. But in social interactions, that's, you know, it gets kind of muddy. But I think I always just felt particularly drawn to people who were real, who I felt like I could get to know them quickly, who connected with me, even if I wasn't perfect, who didn't look perfect. Um, So it's always been something that's important. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I'm the same. Exactly that authenticity. So I guess even getting back to the early stage of my life, you know, the authenticity is like the way how I interact with the people, the human relationship I trying to build it up. And so later on, I realized I also needed to be stay true to myself. Yeah, so I mm-hmm. think having that authenticity as the guide, that is just impacted our life in so many aspects. And your company, Fit Me, the key value is featuring the authenticity. Particularly in the last few years, I just realized that uh, stay true to yourself and be uh, stay upfront to others. That's probably the best way to live the life. Particularly when you're running your own business, mm-hmm. you having that value behind your company culture is so crucial to navigate it, you to run the business along the way. Yeah. It's so important because often people only see examples of something that they can aspire to, whether it's fitness, health, nutrition, business success, relationships, whatever that they're aspiring to. They only see what looks like the perfect version. Or And, and I feel like that's why it's more important than ever to create a, a culture where authenticity and realness is a value because it's so common that what you're seeing online isn't actually the real story. And because there's a disconnect there, you think, okay, well, that person's living this perfect life and you're seeing the highlight reel. And then you're trying to measure your real life against their the highlight display that they've shared on the internet. And then you feel inadequate or you feel like you can't do it or you feel like they're better or you feel like you uh, need to do whatever they're doing. And But if you actually could see their real life, you would know that there's more to the story than what you're seeing. And then that would also help you. So I think for me, that's the reason behind it is to offer something that's different. If you can connect with my real life, not some fake success only version, then the same thing with my coaches, then ultimately, you know that you can create that success for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I was on the board with every single word that you said. We are living in this social media stage. Every day was so overwhelmed about perfectly crafted posts, which is like fairy tale, Mm -hmm. you know, with all those people who are shining in all the different stage. And then we come back just to check ourselves. As you said, in Adequate. That sense of the inadequate, mm-hmm. I think it's so took the heavy toll on our self-worth and the confidence. Yeah, somehow it's yes. like go back to this original question I said about the perseverance. Often the people say all these people who are so successful and then they feel like I'm never going to make it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty mm-hmm. enough. You know, I believe when they post out all these positive images, they are coming from good heart. They want to share their joy with everyone, right? But the, for the people who take in, somehow turns into the negativity to their own life. Yeah, so I really appreciate what you say about share the whole picture there. It's not not just mm-hmm. like that end product of the success. Yeah, I wanted to show everyone the process. How do I actually get there uh, step by step? 
Mm-hmm. So that's yes. And yeah. I want people to not have short-term mm-hmm. results either. Ultimately, what I specialize in is helping people create a long-term and sustainable change. And so if it's short-term and kind of like a fake version of like, for example, you did an unsustainable diet. So you started drinking powdered meal replacements and you knew you weren't going to do it forever because it's no fun and it's terrible. But you share a picture of saying like, look what I did. I lost 25 pounds and it looks great. It's like you had this sort of short-term win, but in the long-term you gain that weight back and more. You also don't show that you missed all the meals with your family, that you felt miserable and hungry and grumpy and like frustrated the entire time and you didn't have any energy. But what people see this short-term picture, it's not to downplay any results. It's just to say that when we take into account our real life and we create something that's for us, long-term change, it becomes sustainable. And so the absence of realness or authenticity can hurt people because they end up thinking, okay, well, I just need to do the short-term thing. So I have that, what I see on the internet, that's what I'm supposed to do. But that actually hurts people because they're not making changes that work for their real life. They're missing out on their real life instead, paying for that later. Yeah, almost every day we are in such a rush. You know, we wanted to do all the shortcut, to do the all the fast track to the ideal body image we crave or to the success mm-hmm. we want to achieve. But, you know, as you say, the reality is there is just no such thing. There is right. no success overnight. There is no shortcut or the fast track uh, to the fitness, any areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always take tremendous effort and the hustles to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, I really appreciate that you're doing all the reality check for all of your clients, but then you still offer practical and durable solution to yes. be able to actually achieve that outcome. It's not impossible, but it's just right. but you wanted to make it is long-term outcome with sustainability. Whenever I see all those like before after pictures, you know, with like 30 days or something, <laughs> give you that transformation or whatever, I just immediately interpret it as a scam or anything there is right. no authenticity at all no yeah no so what i wanted to say is because uh, christy is a certified coach in exercise in fitness and in nutrition so her words got the credibility and also she has been helping so many women out of there who's struggling through the dire still ended up nowhere if we trace back to your own personal experience even christy yourself you also been through that stage where you're doing all the crazy dire once again the 40 pounds of the weight gain. Yeah, you did all the diet, but end up nothing but the frustration owning. And also you mentioned that you actually got like 20 surgeries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for any kind of person, I would say this is a real bloody life challenges there. But in one of your podcasts, you mentioned that you are not defined by challenges, nor did you downplay them. You mm-hmm. embrace them, but you choose to turn the obstacle into momentum for the solutions. Yeah. So that's why you actually became an exercise and a nutrition coach. So when you look back, could you walk us through this inner journey of making this transformation, which I believe lays out all the foundation that take you to your current path, like founding the Fit Me? Sure. I grew up, as I mentioned before, playing sports. Um, and so I was fairly active as a kid. However, I grew up eating kind of junk food, processed food, not a lot of home cooked meals. I was, uh, my mom was a single mom. So my parents were split. And so she worked a lot. And so we ate a lot of junk food, pizza, hamburger helper, processed, you know, gushers, cereal, you name it, that kind of food. So I grew up eating that way. And I thought that healthy eating was dieting. And I thought that was like spray butter and zero calorie shakes, diet food. And that what I was eating was just normal. And so I didn't struggle with my weight growing up though. And I think it was because I was very active. Now, if you fast forward to my first year in the Navy, I had a knee surgery. Um, It didn't go well. And I ended up having nine more knee surgeries after that. So I had four ACL reconstructions on my left knee and I've had microfracture and a bone graft and a lot of different things. And if you fast forward, I had my first two children. So I got married and had my first two and found myself in this place where I couldn't exercise anymore. My knee in my mind was hurt. And I, you know, I had all these surgeries. I was 40 pounds overweight. It wasn't baby weight anymore. It had become my new body. I felt very stuck. I felt happy as a mom. I felt happy as a professional, but I didn't feel happy in my body. I felt very stuck. And I felt like when I put on clothes, I was hiding. I would want to hide in pictures. 
And I had almost come to the belief that, well, this is mom life, guess. This is what happens, you know, at a certain stage. You you get overweight and you don't feel good anymore. <laughs> this is just adult life. And so that was kind of depressing. And I remember thinking to myself, well, I'm going to do the things that you do to lose weight. I joined Weight Watchers multiple times. I bought Brazilian butt lift exercise thing. I put an elliptical machine in my bedroom. I joined shake challenges. I did all these things because I thought, okay, well, this will work. And at the end of the day, none of them worked. I would lose five pounds and I would gain it back. And I wasn't changing anything. I still had really poor eating habits. I really didn't exercise. I kind of did it just to exchange calories. Like, oh, let me burn off some calories kind of thing. It just didn't work. And I started to wonder, maybe there was something wrong with me. You know, everybody else seemed to be able to figure this out. How come I have fit friends and I can't be like that? Why doesn't she struggle with her weight? And why do I struggle with mine? Like maybe it's just my birthright to struggle with my weight. And I sort of felt stuck. And it wasn't until my husband left on deployment and my boys were little, two and four. So they were little bitty. But I started going to a gym and I met a personal trainer there. And he wasn't anything magical. It wasn't like some famous influencer or something like that. He was just a good coach. And he invited me to a class that he was holding in the park. I went to the class and I couldn't do anything. It was very hard. But when I was there that first day, I remember he looked at me and he said, I see an athlete in there. And for some reason, that just meant so much to me. It was like he saw the person that was buried um, that I had lost touch with and he saw it and that mattered. And so I kept showing up to his class. And over the course of that year, I met other women who were on this journey too. And I was connected in the community and I started to eat better. He started teaching me the basics of nutrition. It wasn't like a gimmick. It was like, you got to eat differently. He taught me to exercise in a way that I hadn't thought of before. It became fun again. And so that year was a transformation for me in so many ways. But it also, at the end of the year, I decided that I wanted to become a coach um, and help other people. And so I got certified and I started my journey as a coach. So that was eight years ago and I've been coaching ever since. Um, but that's kind of the origin of it. I had been in that place where I was stuck and doing all of the gimmicks and a really incredible coach taught me the basics, things nobody had ever told me before um, and gave me a place in which I could make that journey happen. Wow, this is such amazing story. And also I can see all the dots connected. You made this coach who helped you to embark on your own coaching journey. Yes. And also this goes back to the authenticity things. Everyone's been struggling with that. Why I can't do it? Why everyone else can do it? But the truth is not everyone else can do it. Yes, I know. you are not the only one who is struggling here. And those self-doubts, those questioning just further crush your confidence. But then with encounter with this coach and also other peers, that was game changer. Oh, one more thing is about that they teach you the basic. Again, everything mm-hmm. starts from those small steps. There's no shortcut. There's no fast track to that success. So it's all started with the basic, with the foundations. I think this is a, such amazing transformation story because when we heard the word the transformation, we just kind of like, oh gosh, this is another successful story. I just straight away wanted to go into say this transformation, but we mm-hmm. often don't want it to look into what takes to make that transformation because what takes this is just like the years and years of the hard working, the patience and the, again, what do we say about the perseverances? Yeah, so I really really appreciate it that you shared this story with our audience here. It's just going to put a hope. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really going to put the sense of the hope on them. Just let them know you are not alone if you are struggling right now. But there is approach. There is solution to your struggles. Yeah. It is. And, and and what was funny too is over time, as I was coaching, I actually got more into the fitness industry. So I was a professional coach. So I started coaching CrossFit and weightlifting. I was in a gym setting. So I was personal training and doing that. I had my own boot camp class for a long time. I did all that. And I started looking at, and when I became a nutrition coach also, I started looking at the strategies that were being taught in the fitness space. There was a problem there also which was that oftentimes in the fitness industry, those strategies were created for professional athletes or bodybuilders or people who were already in a certain place and they just wanted to get like photo shoot ready. But then fitness industry, not I don't think from a bad place, but would apply those strategies to regular people in their real life trying to make those fundamental changes. And so as I started learning inside the fitness industry and trying those strategies for 
for people because people actually needed the basics. They needed those fundamental changes. They needed the perspective shift and the mindset shift that goes with taking care of yourself, moving your body, eating better, being consistent, doing the work. All of those things is what they needed. But instead, they were getting these sort of complicated approaches. On one side, they were getting diet gimmicks that don't work. And even if you try them, you kind of know that they're not going to work, even if you're tempted. And then on the other side, it was these strategies that were created for fitness professionals or athletes or bodybuilders. And neither one of those were creating the results people were looking for. And so that's why I also made a shift and started company Fit Me to coach people on the real life changes, on the sustainable strategies that they need so that they can see that physical transformation and they can feel better, but it won't be something that just goes away after a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think the key message here is you targeted the regular people there, which is actually the majority of those people probably who are struggling. As you said, a lot of the current fitness program probably is more tailored to those professionals, but fitness reached out to the regular people tailored to their needs. And also you mentioned about this whole mindset that shaped. I think it's everything. Your mindset will impact your behaviors. So mm-hmm. I really, really rooted for the fitness philosophy you build up, but now we dig into this whole journey journey, I can say how you actually gradually build up fitness values there, you know, the authenticity mm-hmm. yeah, and the, the connections. You didn't really just like come up with all this concept or theory out of the blue. You actually built it through your personal experience and also your reflections and observations. I think that is once again, making every approach or every strategy you applied actually has the very solid foundations back up. Yeah. So make it practical and durable for your clients. Yeah. So for I love the way you said that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. I told you like I'm doing Zumba quite a lot, but not I mean I'd become a Zumba professional, just part of my exercise routine. Mm-hmm. So and luckily my instructor, they don't really place very high standard on us, you know, like just really enjoy the pure joy <laughs> of this craft, I would say. But I did enjoy, I also did the exercise. Mm-hmm. So for the ordinary person, you wanted to lose weight or you wanted to make it sustainable and we can't really stress this word sustainable enough because that mm-hmm. is like the key foundations behind me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But we still need the professionals like you. Yeah. Well, not I mean I'd become the professional athletes or, you know, like <laughs> yeah, but we need someone who is really have that industry knowledge and the expertise in guiding us. Otherwise, I think whatever that type of access you're doing is still got the potential risk, right? That can be helpful to your body if you don't do it properly. So the professional coach like you is very, very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and also just because we know something doesn't mean we're going to do it. Um, oftentimes we need structure and we need accountability and we need a person to talk to, somebody who cares. We need those things to actually be able to follow through and do something. And so the art of coaching for me is when I get to coach someone and when we coach people inside Fit Me, it's not because you don't know what to do. I can actually teach you what to do in about 10 minutes. I probably, it's that simple. I could teach it to you in 10 minutes, but ultimately it's going to be applying it to your real life. See what works. How do you need to make adjustments to your schedule, to your priorities, to your routines, learning some stuff along the way for sure. Um, But coaching helps you change your daily routines. It changes something about what you're doing and that gets you a different kind of result. And so in Fit Me, we focus our coaching on helping people create confidence around nutrition, exercise and movement, and in their balance boundaries and body image. So we start with confidence and then we help people build consistency. And then once they're consistent, they're seeing results. So then they know how to do that forever. They're going to do it with their nutrition. They're going to do it with their workout or exercise routine. And they're going to do it around their boundaries and body image, because that's part of the whole picture of the person. Yeah. So I guess that's probably going to a little bit extended into the body image issues. Yeah. Let's share that spotlight on the body uh, image. Actually, you are the perfect person <laughs> to open the conversation on this topic. I always feel a little bit confronting. So today's so lucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, at least we know in Surrey then weight loss through the extreme diet leads to very harmful and uh, unhealthy relationship with the food or our body weight and also not sustainable either. And through your own experience, uh, you were there, you 
you've been there, you've done that, you know, the dire things didn't mm-hmm. work. I guess you probably already covered it there, but a bit more comprehensive. What inspired you to formulate your coaching strategy? And you did say the solution to the weight gain and negative body image is fundamentally different style of the healthy habits. Yeah, so you already mm-hmm. mentioned that it's the daily routine thing. It's the small happy accumulations. Yeah, so could you share more insights on the how lifestyle and habits play an essential role in our fitness and the positive body image? Mm-hmm. So we, we've been told this thing that if you do a tiny thing, you know, like if you're going to start going to a workout class or you buy a workout class and you do it a couple of times, that all of a sudden it's going to provide a solution. Or if you drink a certain thing, then all of a sudden you're going to lose weight. And we kind of know that that's not true, but we kind of still want it to be true. <laughs> We want it to be true. But here's what's actually true. What you do every day is ultimately what shapes your body and your body image. So what that means is it's the things that are repeating are the ones that matter. So for example, once a month or once in a blue moon, you go to Starbucks and you get giant caramel frappuccino, you know, those big ones that have all the caramel and the whipped cream and stuff. And you do that once in a blue moon. It does not matter. It absolutely doesn't matter. You don't have to feel bad about it. You don't need to apologize for it. It's a treat. It's just not a big deal. However, if every day you are drinking coffee that's full of cream and sugar, you are drinking soda, you are drinking wine at night, and that is something you do regularly, then that does matter. It's the things that we do over and over and over again that actually shape us. So for example, one of the first things that I have people do is to stop drinking our calories. Again, if your goal is weight loss, loss, then one of the easiest ways to start is to stop drinking your calories. And that sounds so simple. It's like, that can't be it. It helps. And then the next piece is, okay, well, what else do we do consistently? What else is in our, in our day? And if we can create a boundary, I don't eat like processed junk, you know, the kind of snacky junk food that is everywhere. I don't eat that. And that becomes something you do every day. I don't eat that. It sounds so dumb. It's like, okay, well, yeah. But if that becomes your normal every day, you don't eat that. Every once in a while, who cares? If you're at a barbecue and you want to have some barbecue chips, who cares? Like it does not matter, but it's what you do every day that matters. So if every day when you're serving your kids their stuff and you're taking a handful of cheeses, cereal, and you're eating leftover chicken nuggets, and then you're going through the drive-thru, those habits, that's what you do every day. So that's what matters. So when we start to look at it that way, we say, okay, well, I'm going to start changing, making little changes to the things I do every day. Those are the ones that add up. And so then we start to eat differently. So it's like, well, I have that boundary. I'm not going to going to have the junk anymore and I'm going to not drink my calories. So what do I do? I start drinking more water. So we're going to try to drink water every day and we're going to eat balanced plates of real food. Nothing crazy or complicated, a protein, veggies, a quality carb from the ground and a little bit of healthy fat. And you start to eat that way. You start to eat that way consistently. And all of a sudden your body starts to change. Like it, it sounds so insane that this is how weight loss works, but this is how it works. And you can do this if you have kids, if you have a hard job, if you have a complicated life, you can still do what I'm talking about. It's going to be specific to you. It's going to look a little different, but it's going to be specific to you. And it's very similar with exercise. So if you just go to the gym once this month, it doesn't actually do much. But if you walking every day, so for you know every day you took an extra walk instead of driving to go get lunch, you walk to go get lunch and you walk back. And it's maybe 30, 45 minutes of walking every day that you didn't used to have. That adds up into your body changing. Your body will actually change because you're doing that every day. If you sit all day at a computer and your body is going to change because you sit all day. One, you could gain some weight from being sitting most of the time, but your hips might get tight. Your shoulders might get rounded. Your neck might get tight. Changes based off of that everyday thing that you're doing. And so we can just apply it in the other direction. If we want to start feeling better, we need to change what we're doing every day. And so with that simple philosophy, that's what we build our coaching method off of is picking small, simple, repeatable things that you can do. And those things add up. They add up so much more than the complicated thing that you can commit to for seven days and that you quit. This kind of change lasts forever. And coming at it from a perspective of, again, taking good care of ourselves, that makes it also sustainable because it starts to change your body image as you're doing it. Instead of it thinking, okay, well, I I can't have that on my meal plan. It's not like that. That's not sustainable. That's restriction. Instead thinking, you know, I created this boundary because I am choosing not to have that 
because I want to feel good. And when I eat a box of Oreos, I don't feel good. So it becomes kind of this different language around it too. That's less about punishment for your body and more about taking care of yourself. Wow. This is so much key takeaways there. Let me see where that can break it down. <laughs> okay. So that first bit about small habit. That habit got to be repetitive habits every single day. You build it up to make it like your life routine. Honestly, all this year, I mean, I never had a coach or anything, but all this year I've been so stick to my daily routine. You know, those water, those exercise. I did this by divorce. So now after hearing what you said, I feel, oh, turns out there is like absolutely justifiable kind of like uh, the coaching strategies support me up for what I'm yes. doing. I'm so glad that I'm actually been doing this for years and years. As you describe it, it doesn't really require that very massive or um, practical change. No matter what you are doing, you always need to make it with your capacity. It is actually can be done in an easy way. It is actually not that complicated. It is very just like the simple steps. Everyone is capable of doing it. But honestly, some of those people out there, if they don't have this is kind of the right guy. Probably they couldn't figure it out themselves. So we still needed the coach like you to be around with them, encourage them. As you said, within your fitness programs, the confidence building is very important, right? All started with them confidence building. They have a coach like you, encourage them, tell them you can do this because it is a simple thing to do. So when they're actually being given the right instructions and then they take the actions, they realize they can do this. So this is how they started building the confidence and consistency as well. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. all coherent. Yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and another thing is about the body image. I see that it's confronting because personally, I think sometimes this body image is just so individual. In some sense, I feel I'm not really major with like numbers. I think it's more about your confidence. It's about how you feel about yourself. It's about the positive image. You mentioned that when you gain the, the weight, you just feel not good anymore. So it's not about the lose weight to fit in some sort of the beauty standards. So if you know mm-hmm. that I'm not happy because of my weight, that's why wanted to work out to address that i don't want this coming from that pressure where people feel like because nowadays particularly the girls i think they already very struggling to fit in that standard beauty definitions so but i really wanted to say this is so personal even like on the deeper level it's also about your health the overall way actually leads to a lot of the potential health conditions so yes, yeah. yeah so you probably need to really self-asking like why i'm doing this so mm-hmm. for myself so i feel better i feel more confident you do it all this for my long-term, you know, my health. Yes. That probably provides you with a sustainable drive to do it. When I do a consult with someone um, before they join FitMe, those are some of the questions that I ask them. I ask them, obviously, what their goals are, but I always ask also to tell me what that success means for you. So fast forward, take me to a year from now. You've achieved the goal. What does that mean? What does that look like for you? And that's very different from person to person, but it tells me what that, maybe that why is, why that this matters to them. And sometimes weight loss is almost always a part of it, but there's more to the story. There's more to the story than that. And so I like to understand that even from the very beginning, what does success look like? What's their obstacle to get there on their own? Why is it hard to get there? And then I can understand what those boundary or barriers are for that particular person. Because for some people, body image is a huge part of it. They want to get to a place where they can enjoy life differently. And the body image piece gets in the way right now of them enjoying life. But the misbelief is that if I lose weight, my body image will get better. And that doesn't work like that. I have had many people that I've coached who a healthy body still don't have that body image piece because they never worked on that. They only did the external and it didn't give them the happiness that they wanted. It didn't give them the life that they wanted. All the things that they thought that they wanted to do, they still didn't think they could do it because the body image piece wasn't addressed. And so to me, they go hand in hand, but just because you lose weight, it's not going to fix your body image. You can lose weight and at the same time work on your body image. Yeah, the body image also reflects the person's mentality and the state of the mind. Body weight, of course, part of it. They are going hand by hand, but they are not equal to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, after hearing all the stories behind Fit Me and your coaching strategies, I just wanted to say to also our listeners right now, just say no to any kind of the seven days program or one mm-hmm. month of life changing. It's not real. Yeah. Right. It's so, not real. If you think about it, if we are able to develop those sustainable 
or habits turned into our lifestyle that will actually support us go through this long, long, long life, right? Yes. Yeah. Another problem is we may achieve that outcome, but whether we can sustain it or how we can return. I think life is like a process. It's the journey. We are always involving every single day. There is just like no end solution to it or like you reach the one goal and that's it. So I can lie down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's more about cultivating that habits, keep doing it. So that actually is will support you to go through a lot, lots of the challenges coming one after another in your life. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yes. And you don't have to make every change at once either. I think sometimes we feel like we have to be all in. It has to all change. And that's not true either. You can start with just one change. I mean, if you're somebody who drinks, for example, returning to the idea about drinking your calories. Okay. So getting very practical. Yes. In theory, like we don't want to drink our calories most days because that is something repeatedly, again, like we talked about that adds up one way or another. And again, who cares what you do sometimes? It's totally fine to do sometimes. But you, maybe you have, you drink soda throughout the day, four or five Cokes a day. That means that maybe you don't go to zero. Maybe it means that you cut back to two a day. You used to be at five and now you're at two. And so then you're making that change in the right direction, but it doesn't have to be perfect. It's not all or nothing. And so then maybe you're doing two for a couple of weeks or months, and then maybe you cut back to one, you get one per day. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, it's maybe it's one a week and you can slowly get there. It doesn't have to be overnight. Yeah, I think just trying to creating and protecting all those small habits somehow yes. also against our human natures because the humans always anxious to get that outcome, that result. So mm-hmm. in some sense, it's also the challenging. It sounds like a very simple step. Just drink the water a little bit more and eat more wages. Once again, I just wanted to say not everyone is able to do this on their own. So that's why the coach. Yes, so, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do as a coach. It's part of that. It's me looking at where they're at and helping you figure out what's your next step so that you know clear, okay, this is where I am, but this is where I want to be. And here's my next step. As a coach, that's really the thing that we specialize in. And then giving you some structure. Hey, I'm going to check in with you next week and see how you did. And if you did it, and if you need troubleshooting, we can troubleshoot together. And so that becomes the art of making those changes and why coaching can help so much. Yeah, it is. It's so nice that you also trying to say, oh, it's not that big deal. Then you just sometimes maybe indulge yourself a little bit to have a little bit yeah. of guilty pleasure. We all have that low moment sometimes in the blue mood and we're craving about some trades for whatever. Just once or twice in your life doesn't really ruin everything. So no. you also need to be gentle to yourself while you're on this journey of the weight loss or fitness building. Yeah, so you can be gentle to yourself because it's not mm-hmm. wrong battle, right? I think that people try to think, okay, well, what kind of diet food can I have that fits in my plan? So for example, they might say, well, like I'll find a diet brownie and I'm going to eat that, or I'm going to have this low calorie pasta and I'm going to eat that, but you don't really like it that much. You're just, it's okay. You just are having it because those are the habits that you have. So you're like, I'm going to take my old brownie. I'm going to have this diet brownie. And what happens is we get sick of that because it's not very good. Then what happens, and this brings us back to what you were saying is if you want to go on day night and go out to dinner, you don't need to worry about it. You can look at the menu and if you want to order spaghetti and you want to have breadsticks and you want to have a cocktail, you can because it doesn't actually impact your progress because you've changed what you're doing every day. And now you can just enjoy the real thing once in a while and have it be special and a treat in a way that fuels your body and takes care of it. Yeah, so I would say virtually it's like the perfect combination of those daily consistent habits and the once in a while, the self-indulgement. Those routines is challenging, but also we can enjoy life. So we need 100%. to have, have all these elements there, which make it sustainable, adorable again. All right, let's say the next question. You're building up this uh, company back to 2018 with a team of female coach as starter, collaborating, supporting each other. And also you're building up not just like fitness program for your client is also you're building up like the community for your yes. client to connect so i guess this whole pandemic already told us the importance of the social emotional connection on individuals as an example i doing the zumba the zumba instructor said we are the part of the zumba family mm-hmm. you are also the advocator for women help women so could you share us more about how we can reach out to fund or build our community and how that sense of the community impacts our well-being 
community to me is one of my favorite things. It's creating communities that I feel like is sticky for people. So you can have a plan or a program or whatever, but once you have a community, it makes it sticky. How you have community, it takes a couple of different things. You probably have some sort of shared purpose, something that you're doing together. It could be anything, right? In your community or in fitness, it might be you're doing Zumba together. Um, maybe you have a church community or a school community or friends who like to do things that you maybe you hike. Um, so you have a community around something that you share, but that's not enough. Community also has shared values and norms. And so not just the thing that you're doing, but the way that you're doing it connects you together. And I think that that's really important nowadays because we need to be able to connect with people who understand what we're doing and why. It doesn't have to be exactly like us, mm -hmm. but knowing that maybe... So for example, our values in FitMe with resiliency. Resiliency is one of our values. If everyone in FitMe who's on this journey to be healthier has that same sort of mindset that this isn't short-term, I'm looking for something that holds up in the long-term. And maybe if I have an injury or a problem at work or a trauma you know, that happens or a problem with my kids or whatever, then I could still keep going and have a win because our shared value is resiliency here. We value continuing to show up. Well, that changes everything. It shows people how to act and how to treat each other. And it creates a, a culture, right? So the culture of our community has all those things included. So to me, once you, when you have that, when you have people, and, and oftentimes there's a leader, somebody who's like setting that tone or creating that space for you to do that thing together. Again, it makes whatever it is sticky. It makes it more real, human. You have people that you care about, who care about you, who wonder where you are if they haven't seen you for a while, who get to celebrate your successes and pick you up when you struggle, that you can look at their successes and celebrate them. And sometimes you even show up for them, not even for yourself. You just know, hey, they need me. They're expecting me to come. And so you'll show up for them. And that, again, is also good for you because then you continue to stay involved. And so community helps the people who are a part of it when they're succeeding, but when they're struggling. And because they have these shared purpose and values and culture and binds them together. And that allows people to find success. Success. Wow, this is probably the most beautiful version I've ever heard about the community. Oh, Thank so you. I feel like you're the one who actually built the community there, Fit Me, first of all. You took the initiative and to build the community, which helps so many women to connect. Another bit is it also takes courage to reach out to find the community. You it does. Kind of like step out of your comfort zone to reach out the community. Before you become part of the community, you are like outsider. So it's still, mm -hmm. yeah. That's the, true. It's a little bit like the fish out of the water. It takes a little bit of time for you to fit in that group. As you said, it's so important to actually have that shared purpose and a shared value to blend in the community. Otherwise, you won't feel that connection. You probably don't want to be included in that community. So it's true. And not every community is for everybody. I think that's okay. Not every community that you've been a part of will be a good fit for every season that you're in. Sometimes our seasons change. I mean, think about if you have small children, you might really benefit from that community and also have small children and learn yeah. from each other and help each other. And you're in that season together. But if you your kids grow up, you might not benefit from that community anymore the same way. You might still have some of those relationships, but you might not care anymore why, like what kind of games you can play with three-year-olds. You don't care anymore. That's okay too. Your purpose is different now. You might need a community around helping teenagers stay out of trouble. And again, that's okay too. But if you're trying to make change, especially to your nutrition, your health, your body image, your habits, it's significantly easier to do if you can find a community that works for you because you will have that connection piece and you'll have people to do it with. Um, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, exactly. Even you already accept that survey, you feel you're totally root for them. But in terms of the real actions there, having the coach or in a general sense, that community will be the very positive external drive that actually help you to reach the goal. Yes. So if you think about it, it's like the group of the people who shared the same value and the one goal together, that become like, I think it is a very impactful power because you get to take away the energy from others. And meanwhile, you 
also offer your energy to people around you. Yeah, it's going to be challenging, but because you are in that community, you also got so much fun and joy. It may take a little bit trying to find that right community, but eventually, if you actually find the community right for you, it's so worth it. Actually, it is. Share your success. <laughs> you- it is. And it really does depend on the season that you're in and what you're working on. But for me, in my experience, what I've seen is that people really benefit from two things, having a one-on-one conversation. So one person who is your coach, who cares about you, who knows what's going on, who knows all the details. So a one-on-one conversation really does matter. The community piece gives you that momentum with other people so that you can relate to other people's journeys and you can share the energy. And I think I love the way that you said share the energy because that makes momentum easier, right? Even in sports and racing, they have bikes that go in packs when they're on bicycle races because they share that momentum and forward energy and it's they can draft off of each other. And so it's like that. But in my coaching journey over the past eight years, I've actually tried the other ways. And I learned from those experiences, again, just trying different things and watching and seeing what helps people most. I did one-on-one coaching for a while. It was just one-on-one. There wasn't a community piece to it. It was a one-on-one coaching relationship and there were good things about, but I always felt like there's something missing from this. And we've actually done a group program too that was mostly community with a shared plan, but no one-on-one component. It was just group. And I was like, there's something missing from this. And so we created a hybrid. So in Fit Me, it's both. There's a group piece and then there's a one-on-one piece. I love it. So mm-hmm. truly, I think these two pieces uh, address the individual uniqueness and individual needs. Meanwhile, that sense of the community get you related to all the others and you are not fighting on your own. You are actually associated with all the other people who are on the same journey with you. That's amazing yes. to actually get that two pieces covered. So mm-hmm. coaching like you, you put so much effort and also all of your heart into this whole program development. It takes years to finally mm-hmm. come into the shape where it is now with your personal experience and also your interest experience. It's really not just something coming out, out of the blue. It actually had its the real effects and impacts on the people. It has been validated, proved it, and also developed mm-hmm. all the time because I believe like for me, you guys all this year has also keep developing the problem. Yes, for program. sure. Yeah, so everything I just wanted to say, thank you. I think it's truly what I say in the brief. The family is doing this coaching with its mission. I appreciate that so much. That really means a lot. Seriously, if we go back to our conversation and we can say that three values in the fit me, the authenticity and the connections ties into this community and also the resonance. So mm-hmm. yeah, almost like everything you said is reflect on that three value. It's really Thank not you. just like three words you put in your brochure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we talk a lot about the fit me, but now I wanted to talk a little bit about your podcast. Okay. That's a big part of your life, right? (laughs) Okay, big shout out to your podcast. It somehow echoes your coaching mindset of doing small things but making it consistent because each of the episodes like five to ten minutes. Mm -hmm. This coffee message sent out almost every day. You said it's like your verbal journal. And Mm -hmm. so far you made like over 400 episodes. So tell us a little about this podcast journey. Yeah. (laughs) And also like this style of the podcast. You know, like the podcast I'm doing is personal story. So I put all the focus Mm -hmm. on my Yes, so yeah, this is a little bit the same episode, but your episode, seriously, every single episode with a very clear message sent out, and it's only five to ten minutes. So it really somehow also kind of like fits in this very fast-paced lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, so spare five to ten minutes almost every day. You can actually walk away with a key message from your Apple cast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I recommend it. Thank you. I it came about a little bit by accident. So a couple of years ago, I did I started doing a a little bit of podcasting. It was when I went moved into more online coaching. So I started doing interview style podcasts and I did like that. Um, it was a different podcast name and I kind of got the hang a little bit of what this is, podcasting. Then I had the opportunity to do a project with someone and I did a, a shared podcast with her for a little while. It was called Listen Mama. And so that was cool because we, we got to talk about different topics related to mom life, fitness, nutrition. That was cool. And it was a good, in other words, a good project. So what led me to doing my own podcast that is Fit Me Coffee Talk is I wanted to show up consistently in my Facebook group. 
So that's why it started. So I have the Facebook group is my free way of showing people what I'm talking about with Fit Me, like giving people help and value and way that they can start to see results and get connected with other people online. So I created this Facebook group, but I wanted to make sure that I was showing up in there enough. And so at first it started off with me just doing a daily live in the Facebook group. So I had just like any habit stacking, which is what we're talking about when we're talking about, hey, how do we change something we do every day? The easiest way to do it, this is a James Clear concept, is called habit stacking. So you take something you already do every day and you attach the new habit to it. So for example, if you are trying to start a habit of taking a multivitamin Mm -hmm. and you don't usually do it and you forget all the time, you're like, never do it. You forget, you have the time to do it. If you take the multivitamin and you stick it by your coffee pot, so you always have coffee. Now you've stuck those two together. So you're going to see the um, vitamins when you go to have your coffee and you're going to take your vitamin. It makes it much easier. So (laughs) coffee talk actually was based off of that concept. I wanted to start having conversations in my Facebook group every day and I wasn't being very consistent uh, because they would get busy like it does for everybody. And I would do it sometimes, but not other times. So I decided if I stick it with my morning coffee, which is when I do a lot of thinking anyway, I kind of wake up early and I get my brain going and I have some clear thoughts in the morning. I was like, well, if I just attach it to my coffee, then I'll probably be able to show up consistently. And so that's how it actually started. It started as a Facebook live. And then I thought to myself, well, you know how to do a podcast. You already did one. Take the audio and release it as a podcast. And if people listen to it, great. But if not, whatever, you're already doing this anyway in your Facebook group. And so that's what I started doing. And I started releasing it as a podcast. That's how it started. And that's how it's grown. And now, and I think I did a couple hundred episodes before I ever got a mic or a decent camera. So it wasn't like I was trying to make some big production. It was very just, I'm drinking my coffee. Here's the thing that's in my head. Hopefully you can use it in your day. Go forth and make it happen. And so now it's really fun because I still do it live in my Facebook group. As the listeners have grown, it's been really fun because I get to have conversations with people who are listening to the podcast version. And then I have conversations with people who are watching it in the Facebook group. But it really is intended to be almost like a journal entry. This is what's in my head. This is what I would write down. And instead, I'm just going to say it out loud to you. And then you can use it in your day, or maybe it gives you something that made you think. And then ultimately you can run with it. It's five to 10 minutes. So, I mean, take it and go. And then I, again, I attached it to my coffee because that assured that I would be consistent. So then I just share that. I just share, you know, what I'm drinking in my coffee cup too. First of all, I just learned this new strategy, stacking the habits together, the habit attached. That's going to be a very effective way. Whoever is listening to the episode now, this new strategy, if you wanted to develop the new habit, maybe attach it with your existing habits already. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a James Clear strategy. He wrote Atomic Habits, that book. That's where I learned that. So we say that you how you played it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so amazing. <laughs> also, when I listen to your the coffee talk, I was scared that a little bit of intimacy, like the personal mm-hmm. attached to your podcast. You send that way to all the listeners. So this is how we can open up the, yes. the coffee and that energy and waste a key message takeaway. So I feel like this is probably the best way for me to uh, start the day with full. That of makes me coffee. happy to hear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And as you said, it's five to 10 minutes. You got your takeaway and you go and then you mm-hmm. come back next day. So I really feel this consistency really carries through all the aspects of your life. And again, I think you said at the beginning, it's not like some kind of superpower where all of a sudden things just happen. Even for me, it's still hard. Anything I want to do consistently still takes some of these strategies. And so I wanted to have a podcast and I even knew what I wanted to do, but that's not the same as doing it. And so doing it required creating some way that I could show up consistently. So that's, I had to kind of trick myself (laughs) into doing it consistently, but that's, that's okay. I I think we can mentally trick ourselves to do a lot of different things. And that's positive, especially when it's a change or something we actually want to do that we want to create. And so you can identify something in your day that you want to do differently and then attach it to something else you're already doing. Once you're doing it consistently, then you can play with it a little bit. Right. If you are already consistently exercising, well, then you can mess with it and do cool stuff. But you don't need to worry about the cool stuff if you're not doing it consistently. Just do the consistency part. Yes. We know you you don't have magic power, but honestly, you are still doing so much. You're hustling also with so much. Everything you're doing, all those roles you are taking on. Thank the you. Woman, and the mom of three children. Oh, by the way, you have a three dogs. Eh, very 
Where's the dog? I do. He <laughs> oh was behind God. me, but now he's yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. They are so nice. They didn't even bark once. They're good most of the time, but they do bark. Don't worry. <laughs> so, you know, like my Zumba instructor Leida told me one dog equals to three kids. <laughs> so seriously, you still did it so much. And it's beyond all my capacity, I can imagine. So I still wanted to ask you this question is like, yeah, I know you're doing all these things because you enjoy that. And but what are your coping strategies to achieve this work-life balance or when mm. the stress actually kicking in? I think that's hard because I like to do everything that I'm doing. I like the, that makes it easy to do it a long time. So I'll, you know, I love coaching, so I don't mind coaching for a long time. I love creating content and teaching. And so I like to make videos and podcasts and stuff like that. So I enjoy it. And then from a mom perspective, I love being a mom. I love being with my kids and um, doing all the things. Sometimes it feels like there's not enough hours in the day for sure. So from a coping strategy, I think I try to prioritize the most important things because if you feel like you never, ever, 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 ever will be done. For example, you just have this list that never ends. That can feel like even when you've had a really good day and you've accomplished a lot that you still haven't done anything. And that ends up leading to burnout. And it also makes it difficult to stick to your boundaries so that you can't you know, enjoy any family time because you're always feeling like it's not done. So the key to that is prioritizing inside of your week and saying, okay, well, what has to get done this week? Okay, got it. This has to get done this week. Every Everything else is a bonus, but we just focus on what has to get done. And then you say, okay, well, here's that weekly thing. What has to get done today to create that thing that I want for the week? And then you have that. Take that priority thing that you just identified. These are things that have to get done today. You do those first. First things first. So you do those first in your day. And then you have the rest of the day to do other things that you are working on. Then you get to call it done. You get to do something else. That helps. If you don't have priorities and you don't have a system for how you choose how to spend your time, you're always going to feel super pulled in different directions. And you can apply that priority system to really to anything because you can apply that to relationships too. It's not going to feel like, what do I have to get done? But what is the, for example, if you want to spend quality time with your husband or your partner or someone, what would you feel good about at the end of this week that you'll have done together? Like you, maybe you have dinner twice this week. Maybe you get a chance to go for a walk or you plan some kind of time together, whatever it is. Or maybe it's with your kids. You want to spend a certain amount of time with your kids and you think about it like this week, I want to. So you create an intention around that. And then from that intention, you build that into your week. Okay, we set a date night. It's already in there. Or hey, kid time is here. We blocked it off and we're going to get to spend some time and actually just get to talk. But you still can apply that same philosophy because you're being intentional about your time. And that helps you not feel like you're drawn in every single direction. And most women feel like they are anyway at some point, pulled in a million different directions, but that helps. Wow, this is such a therapeutic talk. I mean, seriously, you should consider about doing a little bit of relationship coaching as well. Oh. <laughs> Another potential, I see. Add it in. Yeah, yes. I think that message there, get it, that tasks, we prioritize it down every day. The rest of it is just a bonus. Yeah, that's like so right. true. Thank you so much. Because as you said, all the women, you know, and certain point, we all overdrawn or like mm-hmm. overpilled. Yeah, no matter how organized you are or like how capable you are. But you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, just sometimes you need to set up that mental clock. So what's mm-hmm. done is done. It's time to relax and you have to truly relax. Otherwise, I guess this is never going to be that day or point where we actually get everything done is because you get no. one, because you create more for yourself every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I learned the strategy from this books, Essentialism and Effortless, but I used this for a while and it helped. And at the beginning of your day or your week, you just write the question on the top of a page. What is done for today? Like, mm-hmm. what does done mean? So at the end of the day, you could be like, I'm done. What is done for today? And so then that helps you prioritize. Once I've done these things, I'm done for today. And that helps helped me kind of think about it from, a, again, setting that intention before you start your busy day or your busy week. What are those priorities that need to happen? And it's just kind of like a little mental journal trick, to be honest. Yeah. Also, maybe we give us a little bit like self-rewarding, you know, like mm-hmm. just the fact that the way get it, that tasks, we prioritized it down without generating any outcome yet, we still should give us that rewards. Yes. Because, because sometimes it takes long, whole bloody process to actually say some actual rewards. But I think we should give us credits first, just by the end of the day, when we actually tick that box. Yeah. Box. It feels good to check the box. In one of your podcasts, I remember you said, is that the perfectionism or is the procrastination? 
fascinating. If you set up the tasks you aim at to achieve within the time frame, you should really just own your words. Because mm-hmm. if you feel your words once, you actually already have that trust issue on yourself. Exactly. So truly, it's like whether it's big or small tasks. If you say that you're going to do it within this time, you just find the way to get it done. If you actually get it done, then you should give yourself rewards. So? Yeah, and sometimes you have to set easy things, build momentum. Sometimes the easy thing could be like get dressed, check, did it, <laughs> dressed for my day. Because I mean, if you work from home, you don't have to get dressed, so that could be a big one. Check that box and feel good about it. And I think sometimes if you're struggling with getting things done or follow through, your list is too hard. Make it easier. Yeah. So because once again, our goal here is not to get burnout, live life for long, 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 so yeah. to achieve all this ambitious goal eventually. For that. It's just like daily routine, get a small or big tasks done. You set yourself on your words, under your promise to yourself, also reward yourself. I think it's a stress. It's always kicking in from time to time. I can't really mm-hmm. think of any person in this world who is like stress-free, living a stress-free no. life. No way. We just have to cope. Right. Yeah. Gosh, I think we're finally almost there. We're coming to the end. <laughs> oh, this was really fun though. I mean, you had such great questions. This was really good. Thank you. Oh, not finished yet. Last question. Okay. Uh, actually, the last question, I adopted this question from my all-time favorite podcast, Second Life with Henry okay. If you can go back to the time and speak to younger Christy, uh, like a mentor, uh, what life or career advice would you give? I think um, the career or life advice that I would give myself then would be to not wait so long to stand up for what I think or see. So I think for a long time, I struggled with being confident in either all male settings or in professional settings where I would wait a really long time before I would say like, oh, I could do that or this could be better this way. I would just kind of go with the flow because I didn't have the confidence. I was always afraid. I was going to make somebody mad or feel, make them feel whatever. I wish I could just tell myself that that stuff doesn't matter. Get there sooner, you know, and not worry so much about if it's going to intimidate some guy or something. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes we do as women make ourselves smaller to fit in different spaces. And so that's the advice I would give is to not make myself smaller and to go ahead and just put it out there. Because as you do it, you're going to learn and get better. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It just means sometimes we slow ourselves down because we're afraid other people will be intimidated. And I, I just don't think that we need to. I love it. I mean, yeah, I wanted to be physically young forever, but in terms of the mentality, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we look back, I so much wanted to tell that younger myself, just do it. Don't care mm-hmm. what other people think of you. Sometimes even like the people you feel the most close may not necessarily have your back. Sometimes I feel it can be a very lonely journey to pursue what you are passionate about it. Along the way, of course, you made it someone connects you, you have the companies that support you. That's great. That's amazing. But again, you may also hear all this negative voice as the distraction there. But mm-hmm. for now, I mean, now I'm very confident to say I would never, ever let all this negative stand in my way of moving forward. Even if I'm not confident, it's just the inner battle with myself. You say... <laughs> We are the humans. We all experience those space because we were young. We don't have that much life experience. I think it is just a very reasonable that we feel like lost or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So for the better side, it's like can somehow instill that resonance or that mess into your kids, you know, just mm-hmm. maybe guide them to find their directions earlier. Mm. Yes, I would love that for them. Thank you so much for your time. I know we're so okay. on the time, but it's okay. Yeah. Have a lovely Take day. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Authenticity and realness are rooted in Christine's gene, which got her easily connected to people who are real and accept her authentic side. She also incorporated realness into core values for her company, FitMe, which is to provide women with practical and durable nutrition exercise coaching. Christine addressed then the Absence of realness instills a fake version of success into people's belief systems. As a consequence, many people may measure their real life against someone's highlight fit or aim and short-term wins shared on the social media. However, there is no shortcut or faster track to fitness and a healthy lifestyle. As a certified coach, her ultimate goal is to help her clients achieve a sustainable and long-term outcome, which essentially comes back to building confidence and creating consistency.
approaches behind her coaching philosophy are to pick up small and repeatable habits every day and turn them into life routines, which leads to fundamental changes in their real life. Growing up as an athletic girl, Christy was not particularly struggling with body weight. However, life threw some real punches on her later. Tiny surgeries and 40 pounds of weight gain. Although she enjoys being a mom, a professional, she was not happy about her body anymore. She once did all of those diets, which got her nowhere, left frustration only. Luckily, she encountered a good coach and another peer in the gym, where she was educated about healthy eating habits, which missed her in her early. Learning upbringing and exercise in a way she never thought. This transformation experience also led her to embark on her coaching journey in fitness and nutrition. She further discovered that in the fitness industry, many complicated strategies are designed for professional athletes, bodybuilders, as opposed to apply to the regular persons who need to build daily routine and consistency. Diet gimmicks will not be practical and sustainable either. Once again, her Coaching focus on helping people to do small and simple things consistently, coming from the intention of taking care of themselves rather than body punishment. Only when people shift mindset and perspective, behaviors will change. We further touched on the body image issue. As Christy said, many fit people still have body image issues. It's so true that addressing external only still won't fix your body image problems. Weakness is part of the building a positive image, and we believe positive body image is also a reflection of confidence and should be built within. Connection and resilience are the other two values in fitness. I really like Christy's beautiful interpretation of community. Community connects people. People who share the same purpose and values. Finding the right community will create momentum for yourself and forward energy with each other. Christy also pointed out we may fit in different communities as we have different seasons. In family community, resilience is the shared value that drives her clients to achieve a shared goal: actual fitness, even when the hardship and the hurdles kick in life. We also talked about her podcast, Fit Me Coffee Talk. Each episode is five to ten minutes long, with key message delivered almost every day. She also shared strategies, habits stacking that she learned from James Clear's book Atomic Habits. If you wanted to build new habits, try to attach with your existing habits. Another effective coping strategy to achieve work-life balance, she shared, is to set up priority within day, week, and get the priority done. The rest is just a bonus. I'm strongly on board that. Own your words and get the priority task done within the time frame you set up, and build the trust relationship with yourself. Thanks for listening to my podcast. See you next time.